Episode 42. You don't have to know it to know it. Uh, I did two episode 41s like a donkey, so um, this is the 43rd rendition of the podcast. But uh, I now have 41 and 41 and a half. So, anyway. Let's get tropical. No, no, no. Let's get philosophical. So, I threw out a tweet as I'm recording this. And hugely inspired just as a person. Uh, if you've read one or both of my books by a guy named Jack Butcher, um, he has an incredible Twitter, if you can read between the lines and think. Um, it inspires me because I enjoy people that in six or seven or eight words or just a small tweet can really throw you down a rabbit hole of thinking about something. So the best tweets are kind of like philosophy where um, I've tweeted before that I think of tweets now as like a handoff. So if I put put something out there, um, I'm handing the ball off to you and it's your job to build on top of it, come up with a thought, question it, think about it, just like you would in philosophy. It's not uh, it's not concrete. It's more meta, as they say. But anyway, the tweet was, that didn't get any play. You don't have to know it to know it. And the second no is in quotation marks. So, from a quantum perspective, you're going to get a little bit more of an insight on me in this one, but um, I am completely unashamed with the rabbit holes that I've gone down and what I've discovered both about myself and just like to go Ilya Brzezgalov, the universe. Um, So I went on like a couple of rants, one on a podcast, one on an article, just about like to put this in a coaching context for you guys. Um, I went on a rant about how everyone's obsessed with CLA and some of the academic literature around coaching. And if you remember back to the podcast that I did highlighting the internship movie where the kid was so buried in his phone looking something up that he couldn't see the pair of tits right in front of him. And what academia has done besides ruined coaching like they've ruined a ton of other things um 
And part of the reason why they have is because a lot of people, when you think of like the 10-80-10 principle that Brian Kite talks about, and that's why the midwit meme, and I'll put one below so you know what I'm talking about, but the midwit meme with the bell curve, 10-80-10, is so, it rings so true in so many different areas where the dumbest people will just get started on instinct and the smartest and not necessarily like the smartest in terms of like, I have a PhD smart, but the truly smart, clear thinking people and you'll know when, when you see one um, and they don't have a lot of times they don't have alp- alphabet soup behind their name. Um, so the, on the left side of the bell curve, the bottom 10% will just fucking plow into it, get going on instinct and come to the same conclusion that a very clear thinker will do on the top 10% of that bell curve. And then everyone in the middle is just getting lost in the fucking distraction that is academic studies that they're blindly regurgitating, not knowing who the studies are funded by, not knowing enough about the protocols and processes. Um, And I won't go on a rant on that, so let me get back on track. But anyway, this idea that coaches have to like cite and defend all of this academic literature when they're about to do something and have a coaching intervention with a player, uh, run a specific exercise on the ice or on the field. Um, But we don't have to fucking defend ourselves. And Rory Sutherland talks about an alchemy, and I think I touched on it in one of the books, that institutions and bureaucratic institutions, for example, they have to defend themselves. So the group has to come to a consensus, and they have to do something because the entire group both wants to and their reputation kind of hangs on it. So they can't go out on a limb, be irrational, um, come up with a fly-by-night solution that might or might not work. And they can't, like, they cuck themselves and they can't improv because everything has to be cited and rational and you have to be able to defend it and whatever. And if you as an individual, like you don't have to operate like that. And that's the edge to being a leader of one. And like, you might have a staff and stuff, but if it's your show, like take some risks, try some shit, like fuck around and find out. And 
I'll give you a perfect example. Um, as I'm recording this, March 28th, 2023, um, a few days ago, Michigan, the University of Michigan hockey team, uh, they won their first round game of the NCAA tournament in like a blowout against Colgate. But in the second game, they went to overtime against Penn State. And I read this kid named Sam Stockton stuff on Michigan um, just because he's giving a ton of insight on what's going on with this year's team. And obviously there's a coach there that I have a ton of respect for in Brandon Arado. So I've been following Sam's work closely just to get kind of an insight on what Brandon's doing without being there because I'm extremely curious. And so in this article, and I'll find it and link it in the show notes so you can read the whole thing, but they were down a good majority of the game, one nothing, And with under 10 minutes left on the third, they finally tied it up. And the game went to overtime. And between the third period intermission going into the first overtime, he, Brandon Narado came into the locker room to address the team, and he was laughing. And he said it was completely improv, didn't know if it was going to work. Like, there's no academic research that he could cite behind it. But he tried something, like he fucked around and found out, he experimented. And it took the edge off in the room, because elimination game, going into overtime, you're dealing with 18 to 24-year-old kids, like... Some of them are going to be too keyed up. Some of them are going to be nervous. Some of them are going to be feeling a lot of different things. So he tried something to ease the room. And I mean, Mackie Samuskevich scored like a minute into the overtime. So like you can say it worked. Um, but even, even he like is a clued in enough guy to be like, if, if you're familiar with Annie Duke's work, that's resulting. So um, he was kind of joking that off too. But anyway, the point is when you're an individual and it's your show, like you don't have to fucking cite the constraints led approach on why you're doing something in practice. And you don't have to cite how this coming into the locker room joking between periods has been shown to have a 40% reduction in anxiety levels. Like, if there's a study on that, whatever. But he's not, before he goes in and addresses the team, he's not looking that up on his phone or on the laptop in the coach's room. So when I say you don't have to know it, to know it. I think some of the best coaches are quote unquote field coaches. And I think we can like mentally jerk off all day to 
the amount of information that's out there. But at the end of the day, going into a high pressure moment, whether it's the third intermission between the third period and overtime, whether it's a halftime speech in the World Cup final, whether it's just a regular practice day. Like, we have to be, one, confident enough in ourselves to not use all this literature and information as a crutch to why we're doing shit. And we have to be okay with just trying shit. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, great. But, and I don't know if the article's out yet because I batch all this stuff, but like the biggest thing is, and honestly, I just fucking lost my train of thought. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, If I can remember where I was going, I'll chuck it in episode 43 but uh totally brain farted there live on air and uh that's not gonna get edited out so let me know what you think reply to this directly via email if it's in your inbox uh drop a comment below get on the discord and let's have a discussion there And if all else fails, we'll see you on episode 43.